Summer, summer after my junior year in college, I had this amazing opportunity. I was able to go over that summer overseas to Germany and there in Germany to study together uh, with other students from other countries to study at a language school in the heart of Germany, Kassel, Germany, uh, to study there for three weeks. And then after that three weeks, a buddy of mine who also came on that trip and studied there at the language school, then we went around and, and toured Germany. Germany for an entire week, just checking in all the sites, different things that we can see. It was an amazing experience. I'm so thankful that I had that opportunity. And even for those three weeks while we were at the, at the language school in the evenings, we had free time. After we did our studying, uh, we had free time and we would check out local sites and, and local things to do. I remember very distinctly on one, one night, we went to a restaurant together with some of the other students who are at the language school. This restaurant that they said was so well known for its, its schnitzel, right? But you have to understand that this is a, this is a restaurant in Germany that is well known for its schnitzel. So when you get the menu and you need to decide what you are going to order, there are like 20 different kinds of schnitzel that you can order off the menu. Meine Deutsch war so, so, so. Yeah, not very good. <laughs> so I thought I knew what I was ordering. I thought the schnitzel that I ordered was colorful schnitzel. I, I, I thought that I knew some of the ingredients that were listed there on the menu, but to be honest, I took a gamble. I wasn't exactly sure what would show, would show up on my plate when the server delivered it to the table. I didn't know what was coming. And now that's one thing with... with with a meal, right? You have a meal that comes and it's not your favorite, you don't like it, maybe it's even gross, it's okay, you're going to eat again. You'll have other meals. You can go back, go back to your favorites, your go-tos, the things that you love to eat, those will be available to you again. But what if, what if you're buying a house? Do you want to know what you're getting then? Do you want to know for sure what you're going to walk into in that home? What if your doctor prescribes to you a, a new medication? Are you okay if you just think you know what it's for? You think you know, like, the side effects, what it's, gonna, what it's gonna do to your body, like, you're not really sure 100%? Are you okay with that? It's December. Things are, things are changing around us. We're getting ready for a massive holiday that, that all kinds of people celebrate all over our country. Millions and millions and millions of people celebrate this holiday. You do too. But what is Christmas all about? 
All the, the lights and the songs and the joys and the time with, time with family and the, the meals that we'll eat at Christmas. Do you know what it is all about? Is it just a, a day on the calendar, a, a day that you don't have to go into work, a day to spend with family? Does it have to do with that, that really chubby guy in the red suit who lives way up north? Initials SC? Or is it more than that? Is this about a coming king who brings a marvelous and incredible kingdom? If we're going to celebrate Christmas, shouldn't, shouldn't we know what it's all about? And so what I'm really asking you right now is I'm asking, what is your spiritual fluency? Do you understand what is coming in this kingdom? Do you understand what is served in this kingdom? This is the kingdom for which we pray, thy kingdom come, come. We long for this king and this kingdom, but do we know what it is? And today we're going to turn to the words of a man named Isaiah. A man who lived many, 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 many centuries ago. And he gives us a description of this kingdom. He's going to be our translator for us as he shares this incredibly important description, which historically was also incredibly important. Because Isaiah lived in a kingdom too. He lived in a kingdom that had now been divided. It was no longer united. He lived in the kingdom of Judah which was the, was the southern part of Israel. Now that there had been a divided kingdom, the northern part called Israel, the southern part called Judah, he had lived in a kingdom that had gone through ups and downs and turmoil and changes. He lived in a kingdom where there was a king named Uzziah. Uzziah had been a smart king politically. He had been a, a good king economically. He brought the, the people of Israel to a time of great wealth and prosperity. They were incredibly blessed. Unfortunately, that blessing, that wealth, that prosperity, it didn't translate to everyone. Now, it was good to be in the kingdom of Israel unless you were among the people who didn't get a take of that cut. Unless you are among the poor and the needy because the generosity and the philanthropy of God's people who were incredibly blessed with wealth was sorely lacking. There was complete, complete disregard, even abuse and neglect of the poor and the needy. And God, the Lord, the true king over that kingdom, he was, inf was infuriated by it. And there were a couple other kings who came after Uzziah during the life of Isaiah. Kings who were, were godly. But they weren't quite power, powerful enough to truly transform the nation. And then at the time of the writing of Isaiah chapter 11, the king who is in charge of the kingdom is a king named Ahaz. Arguably one of the worst. 
one of the most immoral of the kings of Judah. And it's at the time of his reign that Isaiah then is called to give a message that tells the people of Israel, tells the people of Judah and Ahaz that because of Ahaz's immorality that is now spread to the people, because of their turning away from their God and relying instead on a foreign power, the kingdom of Assyria, that God was going to allow that foreign power to come in and oppress them to sap them of their wealth and their prosperity. The situation was about about to become very bleak and desperate. But Isaiah also gets to tell the people about a new king, a, a better king, and a far better kingdom. And it's this king that he describes in Isaiah chapter 11. And as he describes it, he is also describing it for you and for me. This is our king. It is his kingdom for which we long and for which we pray. And so Isaiah declared this. He said, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, roots a branch will bear fruit. Isaiah dropped a big name. As soon as he said Jesse, people in Israel and Judah would know exactly who he's talking about. Because because Jesse had a son, and that son's name was David. David had been an incredible king, a mighty king, a loved king, a godly king in the history of God's people. But throughout that history, that royal line from David had been weakened and had failed. And at this point now, it was about to be cut down. But Isaiah gives hope. He says a shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. There was still good news. Even though the kings of that day were a far cry from King David, there still remained this shoot. You see, in God's kingdom, things are not always what they seem. And several years later, several centuries later, other writers, men like Matthew and Luke, they would write about the family tree, all the branches and all the lines of a family tree of a man named Jesus. A little baby who was born in a little, a little town called Bethlehem. And as Matthew and Luke, as they wrote about the, the family tree of this little baby born in Bethlehem, do you know whose name was in that tree? Jesse. That little baby was this tender shoot. And he doesn't look like much. Poor, poor, helpless, laid to rest in a manger, completely dependent upon his mother, others around him. And yet, Isaiah reminds us that this little baby is a king. Dear friends, Jesus is a king. And Isaiah is going to 
continue to describe this king as he says this. He says, the spirit of the Lord, Lord, will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. This king was going to be so much different than Ahaz. So far different than any king the people of Judah had ever known because he would rule with wisdom. He would rule with true blessing and he would rule with the fear of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord would rest upon him. As Matthew continued to write uh, that biography of that little baby who was born and born in Bethlehem, he talked about how that Jesus, he came to a man named John who was baptizing people in the Jordan River. And Jesus himself, he was baptized by John. And do you remember what then, what then Matthew, these, these eyewitnesses, do you remember what they said about what happened after that baptism of Jesus? As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the, the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am, I am well pleased. It was at his baptism by John that Jesus began his mission to form and create the kingdom of God. And so when, so when we pray, Thy kingdom come, we are asking Jesus to create that kingdom in our own hearts to bring us into his eternal kingdom where he, where he will rule with righteousness. Isaiah says, He will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. Jesus' depth of perception goes far beyond the outward externals. He looks at hearts, hearts and he judges them well. He inspects our minds. And so Jesus is a king who rules with righteousness that surpasses culture. culture. Now, so many of us and so many in our culture, they, they look out and, and they want to see justice. They want to see righteousness, but it's our own righteousness. It's our own justice. It's how we want, we want things to go for us and for our life. Jesus' righteousness surpasses culture. And Jesus, he cares for all. You notice that Isaiah, said, Isaiah says, righteousness, with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth when God's people had abandoned and neglected those who were in need, Jesus, Jesus, this true king, he would care for all. He will also strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Are we still talking about Jesus? That little baby that we celebrate laid to rest in the manger. He's so cute. He's so precious. Same Jesus. 
He comes in love, but he also comes in justice. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With his breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. See, Jesus is a king who rules with justice that punishes sin, punishes evil. And how maybe right now in your own minds as you think about this justice that Jesus brings, maybe you're, you're lining up, you're making a list of some people out there in the world who could, who could use to, to receive some of that justice from Jesus, right? We can line them up right here. We can start having heads rolling. But dear friends, we need to remember where we stand. We need, to, we need to remember that we ought to stand among those on whom this justice might fall. We also need to prepare our hearts. We need to listen to the words that John the Baptist said as he came and he, and he prepared the way for this king, this coming king. And do you remember what he said? He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Produce fruit in keeping with that repentance. Live the life that recognizes Jesus is your king. Live the life that recognizes all that God has given you and your ability to be generous, to care for others in need. Live the life that shows love even to your enemies. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. In John's words, words, they become strong. The axe is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And so as we ask the question, do I belong in Jesus' kingdom? Think about this description that Isaiah gives. Righteousness will be his belt. Faithfulness, the sash around his waist. As you live your life, do you walk in righteousness every single day? Is it around you every single day? I don't go a day without wearing a belt. Righteousness is his belt. Are you clothed in faithfulness? When you make a promise to your children, to your spouse, to your wife, to your husband, do you keep that promise? Every day? As righteousness and faithfulness clothe us. This isn't just imaginative language from Isaiah. Isaiah is truly giving us a description of what life is like in Jesus' kingdom and what those who live in that kingdom are like. I don't know about you, but as I ask those questions of myself, it leads to a very bleak and dark outlook. Which is why we pray, thy kingdom come. It's why we long for this king. Because he is a different different kind of king. Because righteousness is his belt. Because faithfulness is the sash that he wears around him every single day. Because he is faithful to all his promises. That's why we celebrate Christmas with such joy. 
because God kept his promises. He sent a Savior from all sin. The Almighty, mighty, divine Lord over all creation took on our flesh and our blood to live and walk among us, to live with righteousness and faithfulness every single day in a life, life that could count for yours. And in him, God has taken away all of your wickedness, everything that demands his justice, and will no longer fall on you. Jesus is the one who was beaten with the rods of men. Jesus is the one who was slain, slain on a cross. That branch from the line of Jesse is the very one who would be hoisted up onto limbs cut from trees in order to give his life. And he was slain there on the cross, but he was also slain by the breath of his God. As all the sins of all the world were placed on him, and that was the mission, that was the reason that he came. That was the kind of king that he would be, the king who would would give his life for you and I. You see, Jesus is a king who rules with faithfulness that brings forgiveness. And God himself clothes you in that faithfulness and that righteousness. That's why we celebrate. We got a baptism this morning. God clothes clothes us in Christ Jesus. He washes us clean. He gives us every promise to hold on to and to trust. And then Isaiah gives us an incredible, incredible picture of peace. The peace that comes in this kingdom that we have now been invited to by the grace of our God. Listen how Isaiah paints these pondering pictures from the animal kingdom, but it's all about about you. I'll just put a few of them up here on the screen. You can read the rest in front of you. The wolf will lie with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf, and the lion, and the yearling together, and a little child child will lead them. What in the world is the Discovery Channel or the Animal Planet going to do with that? Like, right? Like, where's the, 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 the lion, the slow motion shot of the lioness that rips down the gazelle with her powerful claws and starts digging into the flesh, Right? That's what they want to show. You would never tell your infant child to go out and play in the yard because you just saw a coral snake. You would never tell your infant to to place their hands into the fire ant pile. Isaiah says that Young child will play by the cobra's nest. Like these, these, these pictures, they are unreal. Because Jesus is a king who rules with peace. It seems unreal. This peace, it is so amazing. 
It is so foreign to anything that we've ever experienced that the only way that Isaiah knows how he can describe it is to paint these pictures that would never happen except by God's power. Except by God's miraculous power and his faithfulness to his promises. There is peace on earth because we have peace with God. And so we pray, Lord, thy kingdom come. And isn't this a message for us to share with our world right now? A message of unreal peace. And so Isaiah tells us to raise this banner high. At the root of Jesse, he will be a banner for all the peoples that the nations can rally to him, that his resting place will be glorious. That banner is the cross. That banner is the, the good news of all that Jesus has done. It is the message of Christmas and more because Christmas doesn't stop there with that baby in a manger. But we look forward to the king who is willing to die on the cross for us. You belong to this kingdom. And so let us rally to that banner and let us live in that resting place of our glorious king. Let us live as if we belong in this kingdom. Dear friends, I I took a gamble when I ordered my schnitzel. But when it came, it was delicious. It was amazing, amazing. But you know that the kingdom of your Christ, of your Jesus, it is so much more amazing. It is so much, so much more miraculous and it is worth our wait and our anticipation. It is worth our prayers. That place of rest will be glorious. You know what to expect in Jesus' kingdom. A kingdom of wisdom and righteousness. And so we pray, Lord Jesus, Thy kingdom come. Amen.